Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit. Well, folks, yes, it would it would seem that spring is here. It's Good Friday at the time of recording in the UK. We are having a beautiful day. The sun is out, and it's awesome. For uh, your buddy old Spike Pit here, it's been a significant week in terms of gaming. I've got two big old games off of that shelf of shame. Um, well, one of them, is it really on the shelf of shame? Oh, I don't know so much, but definitely Talon from GMT is, was, I should say, firmly on the shelf of shame. Got that to the table today, and I, I, I'm stoked about that. I, I hate, as I've said before, I hate games lingering, and um, no more does it linger. It's played, and I will return to it and perhaps talk about that a little bit more later on. In other news, Blood Bowl, second season, re-released by Games Workshop recently, also got to the table at the beginning this week with uh, my youngest son, so a new generation of gamer introduced to the the Blood Bowl. What would you call it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the phenomena that is Blood Bowl, and it's an interesting game. I um, I haven't played it for probably thirty or more years at this point, and I just think it's a I just think it's a great game. If you're into the hobby side of things, you may be dealing with 12 to 16 miniatures that you've got to paint and, and, and deal with. So nowadays that's uh, assembling, cleaning up, painting and, and getting to the table, basing, whatever. Um, but, you know, that in the grand scheme of things that is not an onerous task it's really quite manageable um, you've got a game that is it's it's almost it's a board game come skirmish game because a lot of the time the actual business of scoring a touchdown is put to one side and you are positioning yourself to mangle your opponent it it becomes a kind of a a, a role in combat um yeah so it, it, it kind of skirts around the edges of a skirmish game and then of course you've got the whole league play you've got development of your team so at the end of the game you know you're earning points there's there's a financial aspect to it. It's, um, I would say it's a game that is really easy to get into, especially if you're like a group of youngsters, you get together, um, you all get yourself a team and crack on. I mean, you know, awesome. Just, just great fun. I love the game. It's not, it's not super tricky. It's got some depth. It's got some tactics. 
Um, all of the teams have got their own kind of flavour. You know, what's not to like? I mentioned talent as well. Now, players of X-Wing and uh, Star Wars Armada. This is almost somewhere in between. Um, it's got a little bit of um, Star Trek kind of a vibe to it. You know, Ersatz, Federation and Klingons would probably be the the factions that it, it maps most closely to. Uh, you you play it on a hex map. You've got these pretty pretty. I'd say they're about a fifty millimeter approach. Well, basically two inch kind of hex. All the information is on the hex for each ship. When I say hex, the ships are hex shaped counters, and you play on a hex map. And all your damage control, your weapon systems recharging, and, and various other systems are all recorded on the playing piece with a dry erase marker. At times, arguably, it can get a little bit fiddly, but it's not very onerous. The turns are impulses. Uh, each round is divided into, I think, uh, yeah, six impulses, um, and it's it's if anybody out there, well, I imagine a bunch of folks out there are familiar with GMT games. It's got that typical GMT attention to detail. It's a very functional um, aesthetic and production values. Just. A very cool game it does away with miniatures so you've got a you've got a pretty fast setup and takedown uh, I really enjoyed it my my sons they play X-Wing and they're a little bit mm, I'd say they're a little bit lukewarm on the game my brother also he wasn't convinced about the maneuverability of the ships I think in future plays they may perhaps warm to it who knows I'd like to think they will but we, we shall see we shall see I've got some call-ins so I'm going to get to them now this is episode 499 man nearly 500 hey there Spike Pit speaking of blasts from the past it is I, the old GM of Broken Lands. I missed that campaign and Tanithil's Terrors and what you and the rest of the guys, Gabriel, your brother, and others brought to the table. Guest appearances by people like Jason Connerly, I believe. I know Aaron Clark played for a while. TJ Drennan dropped in a time or two. Slugbug was a big hit. I think that's the name of the NPC, but definitely miss you on the gaming. I know you've got a lot of responsibilities and work and it sounds like your new career change has been pretty awesome. Hey, um, maybe one of these days you can make a guest appearance on a Sunday morning cartoon, but uh, thanks for keeping it up and redoing your back catalog and I'll keep listening. 
Thank you, Carl, aka the gemologist, for your kind words. And yeah, the Broken Lands campaign was a, was a little bit of a high point. I got to say, in my online in my online in my online gaming experience, um, we played for a good while. Every session was fun. We had some great characters, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about Snot Blob or whatever the the uh, NPC that my my hench goblin that Carl is referring to was uh, a little guy called Globnob, and he was a sycophantic kind of fanboy of my hobgoblin character, and yeah, a, we had a, a lot of fun. We had all sorts of skullduggery. It's kind of like. Um, a kind of a, a gang, well, various goblinoid gangs vying for control over this sort of almost, um, I got almost like a Venice, uh, Venetian kind of vibe to the, the setting, but there probably wasn't that many canals and rivers, but we did move about quite a lot in boats, but um, that's how I recall it, and yeah sort of kind of drug cartels and gang rivalry and violence it it was um not very politically correct i guess and um playing to various sort of unsavory stereotypes perhaps but yeah we we had fun and it it was not a serious campaign by any means uh playing one of my favorite editions beck me in a setting uh the known world and uh, using the gazetteers that were put out back in the day yeah lashings of nostalgia and for sure it would be nice to uh, maybe jump into a, a Sunday morning cartoon type of um, session here and there and funnily enough the uh, Dungeon Muser was talking about a Savage Worlds Supers game that he was looking to start up and uh, Oh, I'm very tempted to throw my hat in the ring there as well. And I, I've even been thinking about kind of like superheroes that I might play in a game like that. I've, I've, I've only played, I think, one one session of Savage Worlds. And I, I would like to play more, but uh, it's a long time since I did supers. And I feel, I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, perhaps a chat with the the old dungeon museum himself and and maybe with uh a carl um line something up in the future who knows uh summertime might be a good time for that i get a decent holiday and uh it'd be nice to think i could well it'd be nice to think that schedules would line up and we could get to the a virtual gaming table as it were so thanks for the call in and the kind words carl much appreciated and enjoying your recent output carl the gemologist fellow podcast 
fellow podcaster, check him out. So Carl mentions that he's glad that I'm re-releasing my previous episodes, and this is in no small part attributable to our next caller. Now, man needs no introduction. He is, of course, Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and uh, back when I was talking about my back catalogue a lot more and rejigging it and one thing and another for more... I don't know, uh, for various reasons, I wasn't happy with my early stuff and one thing. I was constantly uh, badgered by Jason. Uh, he, is, he is a stickler for things remaining as they were in their kind of like original state. And I, I can understand that. He's a fan of the the kind of the record uh, left alone. And not tinkered with. Um, myself, yeah, not so much. Um, I, I I like things to change. I'm not a great lover of the old stuff for the sake of the old stuff, and I'm not suggesting that Jason is, you know. But I I quite like change. I, I get a little bit bored, and to be fair, I I probably over tinker and mess about with stuff so i've tried not to so much approaching well next episode will be 500 and i've just thought well it'd be quite fun to release 100 200 300 400 is already out there so i didn't need to do that so yeah hearing from all the callers through what's nearly five years now of podcasting um, yeah, it, it, it's nice to kind of revisit some of this stuff sometimes, but I also keep an eye to the future. I want to make some changes, but enough of that. Let's hear what Jason's got to say for himself. Uh, a regular caller that supported the show throughout most of those years once he arrived on the scene. I, I can't remember when that was, I want to say probably 2020. Maybe the back end of 2019, but yeah, like I say, he needs no introduction. But introduction nonetheless, here he is, Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Mr. Jason Connolly. Hey, Colin, enjoyed your latest episode. Great to hear you still podcasting, totally understand about the back catalog. Yeah, there's something about, you know, you're talking about adding pieces and, you, you know, even if it's like wooden cubes to track hit points or life and, yeah, there's something there is something about like wood compared to plastic as far as bits and bobs and things that you're handling at the table, right? And even like if you weren't doing minis, even if you did like meeples or something, but there is something about touching that organic material compared to the yeah, just plastic stuff. I agree with you there. Um, as, as far as the bits and bobs you use in your gaming, but I, I love that you're getting back into the, you know to some degree in the physical gaming is far mind you you never really left it but i know you were da- down the rabbit hole how can i use digital at the table too which there's definitely a healthy mix i think that for that D video that you watched i think that was proof of concept and they were showing that i don't think the idea is that everybody sits in the room with a laptop i think the idea is to show this is how it work with online play and they just had them all together for the demonstration um it, at least that's the way I want to believe it in my mind. Man of War. Yep, I've got Man of War. I would. I need to 
get break that out and clear out a space and set it up on the floor and, and, and do a game of Man of War. Great, great game. I was so disappointed. I'm driving. I forget what it was, but, you know, what, 20 years ago maybe they came out, or 15 years ago they came out with that expansion for, we thought it was going to be expansion of Man of War, and it ended up, Dreadfleet, I think, but the ships were a different size. It was so disappointing that they didn't keep the same scale as Man of War. But great, great game. Anyhow, I'll talk to you later. Take care of yourself. So love them or hate them. Yes, GW, the big old monolithic games workshop, making their presence felt on this episode. To be fair, a massive influence on my gaming and Mr. Connolly talking about Man of War there. Oh, Man of War, what a great game. We had so much fun with that. And the the miniatures, one of my favourite painting projects was painting the Dwarf Fleet for Man of War. My brother still got them, and their influence lives on to this day in my ICRPG campaign with the, the Ironclads and the Imperious Dwarf Empire that... Um, threaten to crush you, crush all resistance in their path. Um, I've run out of time this week, but maybe next week Man of War could hit the table. It is definitely a contender. I've got my shelf of shame, or do I do I turn to some of them uh, old classics that the the nostalgia category, Man of War. We, we bust out um, Blood Bowl and I've talked about that it is very tempting and I know Arfed is is keen to play dreadfully mentioned there by Jason and quite right the scale was changed up I don't know that I was that disappointed it would have been nice for them to have you know uh, kept some consistency who knows what was going on but a, a nice production of the game I never played it Arfed owns it we've got a, a painted version of it my my old man there he, he, he painted dreadfully for my brother and it's never seen the light of day um, some some great miniatures though uh, it would be nice I don't know how much the rules change I really know very little about Dreadfleet Fleet, but Man of War we had hours of fun with that game it was kind of my introduction to the kind of turning templates that you see in something like X-Wing now uh, segueing back to that but um, yeah classic classic games workshop in what I regard as probably kind of the, the heyday of my interest in um, all the games that they were putting out back in the day. Uh, nowadays, I, I don't get involved with a lot of Games Workshop stuff, but a lot of that's to do with the fact that they are selling miniatures and that is not something that uh, I have a shortage of. So... Yes, um, what else did uh, Jason mention? 
components and, and plastic versus wood for me a lot of it is to do with the weight of the stuff as well so I like lead miniatures they've got a real solid feel uh, I've got some shaky old hands nowadays and like plastic minis I'm forever kind of like knocking them over and dropping them whereas the old heavy metal stuff just you plonk it down and you're good to go um, plastic versus wood well there's the environmental considerations i'm a i'm a, a woodworker of old so i get a satisfaction in that and i think a lot of people just kind of they're tuned into those organic materials there's a nice weight often a nice uh, appearance and talking of appearances a, a, a nice set of meeples is something i've not got i've got I've got a few meeples in various different games, but I, I do like those um, classic meeples that you get in something like Carcassonne or similar games. And of course now there's a whole kind of, I don't know, sort of side industry dealing with all those kind of, all that game... Um, I don't know, niff naff and trivia, what you call it? <laughs> sundries, gaming sundries, should we say? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's been a long day, folks. I think I'm going to call that a wrap. Uh, thanks to all the callers. Well, all the callers. <laughs> Who am I trying to kid? And thanks to my buddies Jason and Carl for calling in and their votes of confidence and ongoing support is much appreciated. And last but not least, I'd like to say a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to Old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later.